This is episode 25 of the Shauna Kay Show. Now you're definitely going to want to tune into today's show with Instagram influencer Laura Heikala. Now she's a business owner, wife, and mother, and she doesn't just talk about fitness and health. She lives the lifestyle and has the credentials to help others achieve their fitness and wellness goals. Now she's a certified holistic health practitioner, personal trainer, nutrition coach, and yoga instructor. She's created Renew Wellness Studio in order to help her clients achieve a healthier lifestyle, restoring and fortifying their mind, body, and spirit. Laura is passionate about helping women through the struggles of aging, perimenopause, and menopause through her five-step hormone balancing wellness program, and she works with individuals creating customized and personal programs, and I am so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome to the Shauna Kay Show. I'm your host, Shauna Kaminsky, health, wellness, and anti-aging specialist, and the best-selling author of the book, Lose Your Menopause Belly. I'll provide simple lifestyle hacks for you to regain your health and get your sexy back. Tune in for practical, easy, actionable steps to upgrade your health today. Laura, I finally got you on the Shauna K Show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Shauna. You know, I I did a little introduction, but I didn't do you justice. So can you just tell us a little bit more about you? And, uh, you know, I'll I'll just let the cat out of the bag for people that don't know you. You are So This Is 50 on Instagram. And tell us a bit more about how, you know, about you and how you became So This Is 50 on IG. Okay. So obviously by my handle name, I am 50 years old. And I live in Southern California. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a business owner. I work in the fitness and nutrition industry. And I started my Instagram page actually about a year before I turned 50. And the reason why I started it was I wanted to show my journey to turning 50 and the struggles that I was starting to go through that I had never had before in life with going through perimenopause and aging. And so I wanted to document that, show what I was doing to combat that and hopefully help other women with it. Well, obviously what you're doing is working. <laughs> I mean, I've, well, I've great. Seen, Thank you. I mean, I've been on your Instagram and you've got some sort of secret sauce over there. And so I just love that, you know, you are an inspiration. And I feel like women in our demographic are really just starting to come come onto Instagram. So it's very cool to have leaders like you that are showing, you know, we don't have to be frumpy, dumpy and invisible, just because the number turns to 50 or to, you know, God forbid, a higher number, right? Right, right. I totally agree. 
when I first got on Instagram, it's like all I found were pages of these really young 20-something girls that were beautiful and just looked incredible. And it's kind of intimidating as an older woman. And I started to see, as I searched a little bit more and kind of learned a little bit about hashtags and how to find people, that, oh, there is this whole demographic of other women out there that are over 40, that look great, that haven't given up. And that was like so inspiring for me too. And it also made me not so nervous to post my own photos because that's really intimidating to start off with. Yeah, it's it's quite a journey, isn't it, to to start letting people into your personal life. But if you have a big passion to help people, that that I'm finding the more vulnerable I am, the more I can I can help others. And so it's it's kind of like a double-edged sword, would you find? I truly agree. Um, when I first started, I was a little bit more closed off about what I shared or even the photos that I posted. I would be like, oh my gosh, what is my friends going to think of me? Or what are women yeah. out there going to think of me? Or does it look like I'm trying to you know, show off or things like that? And then I realized that the more that I posted those kind of things the more it really inspired women. And the more that I posted about my struggles, that not everything was just going perfectly for me turning 50, the yeah. more women could like relate to what I was, you know, going through. And yeah. so I feel like that really helped and it helped me to be more confident, confident about posting those kind of things. And I feel like no matter what you do, you know, you're going to have, you're going to polarize your crowd. And if you're doing it right, you're polarizing your crowd. I would rather have people that love me and people that hate me, then people just kind of be lukewarm towards me. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I was afraid at first to like get any like haters on there. And then after a while I realized, you know, no, it's okay. It's fine. Not everybody's going to totally agree with my way of doing things, or they might just have their own issues that they're feeling about themselves. And I'm hoping that maybe deep down inside, something that I say actually resonates with them and it helps them turn around. I think think that's one of the first times uh, we communicated on Instagram is because you had a hater post and you, you, you said something about it in your story or somewhere. And I, I remember reaching out to you saying like, chin up, Laura, you're doing, a... do you remember that? Yes. And I totally appreciate it. I couldn't believe it actually how many people reached out to me. I mean, I literally had like hundreds of messages from women that were That's like, please nice. don't stop doing what you're doing. And yeah. And normally I'm pretty good about just kind of letting things roll off me, but it had been a really bad day. I had gotten some really bad news and to read that person's comment just really like crushed me. I felt like I'm on here pouring myself out. I'm trying to spend my time, you know, and it takes, Instagram actually takes a lot more time than I think people like realize. Correct. And to have somebody, you know, turn around and make a negative comment about what I was trying to do it really crushed me and <laughs> just that day. I think there's other days people will say things and it's so bizarre, the things that people think that they yeah. can just say to so, a complete stranger. But true. just that day, it just hit me and I just decided to make a story about it. And then I was like so overwhelmed with how many comments I got from women that just said, you know, just yeah. please don't stop doing what you're doing because you've been helping me so much. And that made up for, you know, any negative comment that I'll get from here on out. 
And I, I would like to believe that there are more of those wonderful supportive women out there than the odd woman that might be having a bad day and lashes out, right? Oh, there are. I cannot even, I didn't even know what to expect when I joined Instagram. And I have to say it is the most awesome community of women, like the such supportive women. That's and amazing. It's amazing. Like, I feel like I have all these new friends from all around the world. And Correct. it's just, it's so exciting to see what they're doing. And it's so just awesome to communicate with them and to keep each other motivated. And I just, I love it. Yeah, it's it's kind of, a, it's a very cool uh, platform. And the fact that we can reach, you know, the, the the world is so small now through social media. So So it's very cool in that regard that you can help people that you would never have, you know, they would never have heard your message otherwise. So I think that's awesome. All right, exactly. let's, let's dig in a little bit because, you know, you are a, a health, nutrition, fitness expert. So, so let's just start off with a bang here and say, what's the biggest mistake that you see women over 40, you know, approaching 50 making in terms of health? I think the biggest thing I see people do is as they start to sometimes gain weight, which is normal as we hit our 40s because our metabolism slowing, um, we're losing muscle, we're dealing with hormones, perimenopause, menopause. The first thing I see women start to do is cut their calories more yep. and, and do more cardio. <laughs> and what they don't realize is this is the total opposite of what they should be doing. Absolutely. I couldn't, I, I'm so happy that you said that. Uh, you know, we're totally on the same page. So I'm going to let you explain a little bit. Why is that the opposite of what they should be doing? Well, when we cut our calories, all we're actually doing is slowing down our metabolism even more. Yeah. Yep. And we're not providing our body with the nutrients it needs to perform properly. We're not providing our body with what we need to build muscle. And muscle is what we need as we're getting older. We're losing muscle. Yep. And so, and the more muscle we have, the more calories we're going to burn. So yeah, exactly. we need to be concentrating on building muscle. Yep. We need to be concentrating on getting the proper calories to do that. Correct. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. So, so the top, what if, I can probably guess what one of your top tips are for exercise for, for women over 40, but uh, maybe you can just chime in now if they shouldn't be doing cardio, which is always, always the go-to exercise, what should they be doing instead? Yeah. I mean, totally weight, weightlifting. Resistance training. Um, I like some HIIT training, but I like HIIT with weights. Yeah. And um, I, when I do any type of cardio, it's usually a low intensity, like steady state cardio. And I don't do any type of really long, intense, anything that's going to spike my cortisol, that's going yeah. to deplete my hormones or anything like that. Yeah. Those are the things I stick to mainly. But there's nothing better for a woman over 40 to do than weightlifting. Yeah. So what, what is your response when, you know, the, the woman, when you suggest weight training and they say, but I don't want to get big, I don't want to get muscular. Yeah. I mean, I weight train all the time and, you know, I have some muscle, but I definitely wouldn't consider myself huge at all. And I think that when you are 
I, I don't, I'm not even really sure how women do get, when they do get really muscular, I guess that would involve some type of maybe extra supplementation or huge amounts of protein. But, you know, with the guidelines that I give people, you're, you're going to create muscle, nice feminine looking muscle. You're going to be toned and you are going to create some lean muscle that looks beautiful on a woman. Yeah. And I, I would have to agree that, um, you know, any woman that is super muscular, maybe a bodybuilding style, um, muscularity and not all, but there could be some extracurricular supplementation going on there because we just don't have this, the correct hormone profile to put on slabs of muscle. Right. Especially I mean, after 40, our exactly. testosterone levels decline. So yes. that makes it a little bit more difficult for us to put on muscle. Yeah. If only it was so easy to put on muscle because really it's muscle that just puts the sexy in your genes. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I know that it, the, the saying is kind of silly that muscle weighs more than fat because really a pound of muscle and a pound of fat weighs the same. Exactly. exactly. Right. But the fact I always, is, so go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say is that, you know, sometimes with clients, they get frustrated if the scale doesn't move, but I try and tell them that, you know what, you might have lost a little bit of fat and gained a little bit of muscle and the, the scale has evened out. So, so what you're reading on the scale is not the be all end all of progress. Your thoughts on the scale? Right, exactly. You know, I tell people, yes, a pound of muscle, like a pound of muscle and a pound of fat, I totally agree with you. A pound is a pound. Correct. But a pound of muscle is going to take up a lot less room than a exactly. pound of fat. Exactly. So yeah. you are going to be a smaller version of yourself. You may weigh the same. And I had to, I actually myself had to learn just a few couple of years ago to kind of throw out that ideal of that I had to weigh a certain amount because I definitely weigh more than when I was 40. And, but I like the way I look, you know, I like, I like the muscle tone that I have and I have to understand that I, to look like this, I'm actually going, it really doesn't matter what the number is on the scale. If the, if you like the way you look in the mirror, that's really all that matters. And I try to teach my clients to not get obsessed with with that number because they come into, you know, come to me with this idea in their mind that they want to weigh a certain weight. And that might've been a weight that they weighed when they were in their twenties or thirties. They might not even look good at that weight anymore. Correct. You know, so I try to get them to the point of, of working on more of just being happy, you know, feeling good in their own skin and being happy with how, what they see in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. I, I try and tell my clients that if we can uh, you know, neutralize the scale and just use it as data, then it's fine to get on the scale every day. But if that number makes you have a good day or makes you have a bad day based on some preconceived idea of what number it should be, then we probably should throw the, the scale out. But if we can right. just use it as, as a tool to connect the dots between exercise, intake, sleep, because, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting to be able to, to reflect on, oh, you know, I, I ate a ton yesterday. I think my, I think the scale should be up. Guess what? It's sometimes down. Right. right? Exactly. Exactly. So to create that awareness of what our behavior is, you know, what our behavior is, and then connecting that with what's happening within our body, it just is another tool for self-discovery. 
So, um, you know, you're talking a lot about nu- nutrition with your clients as well. And I love that. I love that, that one of the first things you said is like, stop dieting, basically. So what, what tips would you share about nutrition? If, if women shouldn't be dieting, what should they be doing? They should be eating real food. I think the biggest problem with this nation is the amount of processed food that people eat. I think that if you eat real whole foods, your body is going to, one, you're not going to need to count calories because you're not going to be constantly in a state of being hungry because your body's getting the nutrients it needs. So you're going to have that sense of fullness when you're full. And also when you eat real food, your body knows what to do with it. So it's not going to store it as fat because it's not some synthetic processed food, some foreign food that it's it's going to want to store as fat because it really doesn't know how to use it. I I think that's so important that you brought that up, that that our body doesn't even know what to do with food when it doesn't recognize it. So it's like, well, let's just store it till we figure it out kind of thing. So it gets stored as fat. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing is that that has been a big revelation to some of my clients in terms of inflammation, that when they start eating whole foods, that wow, their joints feel better. Oh, inflammation is the cause of so many issues in the body. And it's one of the first things um, in my program that I work with women on is removing those inflammatory foods. And it makes amazing, amazing differences in their health, not just their weight, but their overall health. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And, and, um, sometimes it's, it's just such a surprising, that's why I like to not focus on just the scale and to, to focus on non-scale victories, because sometimes if we think of, okay, we want to be this specific number, but, um, a client is enjoying better sleep and moving, moving pain-free and, you know, feeling more energized and, and all those things and, you know, having their joints not be inflamed and sore that when they get on the scale, they forget about all those other things. But there's so many non-scale victories like less joint pain when a woman is eating less inflammatory foods and more whole and wholesome foods. Would you agree? Oh, I totally agree. And because my demographic of women that I work with are mainly women in perimenopause and menopause. It makes a huge difference in menopausal symptoms. And women just don't really realize that yeah. it's actually that's, you know, simple to start to reduce some of those symptoms. Well, you know, I think the thing is, is, is overall, I feel like women are just troopers. And we just get up and, and go and, and do life because everybody's counting on us. And then we just accept certain things because, well, this is how it's supposed to be, right? So oh, I totally I guess- agree. I think that we were told that I remember when I was a little bit younger, like some of the women that were older than me, when they were turning 50, they were just like, oh, just wait until you turn 50. Exactly. I mean, you, you know, you're, you you can't control the, you know, putting on weight and things like that. You'll see. And maybe I haven't hit that point yet, but I really honestly feel like if I stick with doing what I'm doing, and I've seen other women out there who have, you know, gone through menopause and managed not to gain yep. the weight. 
I really think that it's possible. I just think, you know, I've had so many clients that have come into me and said, you know, they've gone to their doctor and complained because they're starting to gain weight and they don't know what to do and everything. And one, either the doctor says, you know, well, all you need to do, you need to eat less and exercise a little bit more. And it's like, ah, or, right. you know, they tell them, this is just part of aging. This is just part of menopause. This is just oh, what happens. And it's, it's so like, it's not fair, you know, to these women, they need to realize that they don't have to suffer through this, that it really can go so much smoother. And especially when their doctor is telling them that it's just like, well, I'm just going to accept it. And and Sorry, go on. I think that that's something that, you know, a doctor is very skilled in many different things. So they can't really probably be knowledgeable in every single area. And maybe that's something just when they were going through their school that, you know, that schooling that they didn't really touch, you know, touch upon. And I, I think we're learning more and more about how there are so many different natural ways that we can do things to improve our overall health. Yeah. And we kind of get this fed this, this line or this story that, you know, this is menopause. It's going to be miserable. You're going to suffer. You're going to have hot flashes. You're going to gain weight. You're going to be cranky. Uh, And, and some things that women are experiencing aren't actually menopausal symptoms at all. Like exactly. their insulin resistance, their hypothyroidism, but where there's there's easy fixes and and easy, some easy, some not as easy, but but there's other things that that women can do, even just by making small lifestyle adjustments, and right. they don't have to suffer. Exactly, I totally agree, and that's that's the biggest thing that with my clientele is you know I try to get them to realize that you're going to have to make changes and it's not going to happen overnight. You definitely are going to have to be consistent with these changes because you didn't get unhealthy overnight. It took years and years of, you know, not living a totally healthy lifestyle that kind of got you to where you're at. So you can't expect, I feel like so many women get frustrated if after, you know, a few weeks they haven't, you know, hit their goal weight and they don't realize that. Yes. I think it does take a little bit longer as when we get older, we need to be a little bit more patient with our bodies. It takes a little more time for us to heal from all the damage that we did in the years before. I totally agree. And I mean, I understand the frustration, but at the, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Give up because giving up on healthy eating and healthy lifestyle, um, you know, habits is not going to get you to your goal either. So it's kind of like, you know, we're trying to provide solutions that are livable, that are doable. We're not asking women to starve themselves or to, you know, exercise six hours a day. There's so many just small little hacks that can be done to, to improve quality of life and healthy weight. Exactly. And I think that, I think that women need to realize that, you know, when they give up because they don't see the numbers on the scale they forget about the fact that this isn't just about numbers on the scale. This is about your overall health. I mean, these type of things can lead to so much more than just being over overweight. If you don't start to nip it in the bud. I think, I think a gift of age for myself has been witnessing uh, 
women, men, you know, uh, maybe my age, maybe just a little bit older and, and really seeing like detrimental health. And I, as probably when I was younger, I wanted to work out and eat well more for vanity. And don't get me wrong. I am as vain as the next person. I want to look good. I want to feel good, but I have this, this, you know, extra push for health, you know? And, and I mean, my story is that my mom, you know, she, she gave and gave and gave and didn't take care of herself. And when it was, she felt like she had time to to care for herself. She ran out of time and died. So, I mean, there's mortality kind of uh, like, I think we're a little closer to mortality or the idea of it when we're 50. And so, yes, we want to be, look great, but we want to be around for our families, for our kids, for our grandkids. I totally agree with that. I do think when you turn 50 or you're getting close to 50, you do start thinking about that. And, you know, a lot of us have parents and things like that, that we, you know, my father has Parkinson's and dementia, and I know so much of that can be avoided through your diet. And so I, that does, that, that definitely keeps me motivated because I don't, I don't want to follow in those, in those footsteps. Yeah. And it, it really lights a fire under my, under my behind to, to help others because, you know, we can't be short-sighted. We have to, you know, we have to look down the road and it's, and it's not as far a look, not far as far a glance when we're 50 as when we were 30 or 40 uh, to, to maintain and have that quality of life. Like I want to be able to do the things now. I want to be able to do the stuff I'm doing now for years to come, because this is what, you know, gives me life and, and, you know, keeps me young. I, I totally agree. Totally agree. So if you could do anything over, you know, you're, you're, you, you are 50 now, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, in, in the previous years, if, if you could have done anything over, what would that have been? So I think that in my younger days, I would have, one, I would have started eating healthy in real food much earlier in life. I mean, I really didn't even start on my journey until after I had my daughter, which was around 34, 35. And I was definitely one of those people who had no idea how food affected you. I was fortunate because I just was naturally thin, but I ate my fair share of processed foods. And I definitely would have changed that a lot sooner, not just so much for appearance sakes, but I would have just had even more of a, you know, head start. Yeah. on my on my health that's one thing and then i probably as far as something like physical goes i would probably have not laid out in the sun with baby oil <laughs> and baked my skin <laughs> yeah uh, that's are, hard to reverse as you get older it's true but you know it was a different time back then there was not you know i don't know if the sun was as damaging but even if it was you know we didn't know so exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, those are those are those are great um, takeaways. I mean, I think the great message, while we can't not uh, we can't unlie in the sun, but the the big message is that you know you you got a bit of a late start, but look at you. 
Like it's never too late. Even if Mr. or Mrs. Jones or Mrs. Smith has, has eaten processed foods and they're turning 49 or they're turning 60, you can turn it around. It's not too late. I totally agree. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it might take a little bit of time. And I really like that you alluded to the fact that, you know, we, we probably don't get results as quickly as in our 20s and 30s, that we have to be a bit patient and kind with our bodies, but there can be change if we just stick with it. So you've got such an uplifting and inspiring story. I really appreciate you being uh, on the podcast with me, Laura. Where can people find more of you? They can find more of me on my Instagram page, and that's where I share a lot of my tips and things that I'm doing myself, and my handle is at so underscore this underscore is underscore 5050. Excellent, and I will have that in the show notes, and I encourage all my listeners to head on over to your Instagram page. And I know that they can DM you from there. They can get to your website. They can find you uh, to get more of Laura. And uh, it's been just my absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for sharing today. Oh, thank you, Shauna. And you are quite an inspiration yourself. Thank you. That's it for today. This has been the Shauna Kay Show. Head to podcast.shaunakay.com for show notes and more. See you next time.